So Patty, I really enjoyed our interview today with Kai Shu from Hot Sauce, fantastic uh, processor agnostic point of sale. I thought it was a really interesting conversation. And a great name for for a restaurant point of sale. System, yeah, hot right? sauce. Much better than that, right? Yeah, <laughs> can't get better uh, than that. Yeah, um, I thought I thought Kai had some really. I mean, you know, he's sort of uh, taking the, the what is currently the path least least traveled. Yes, to be truly processor agnostic and and just to serve through the ISO uh, agent distribution model is definitely unique. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's interesting. I actually got introduced to him. I'll give a shout out to Dave Humphrey. Um, okay. uh, yeah. So I got introduced, uh, by Dave and Dave was like, had such a great experience with hot sauce. And I was kind of like, oh man, these, all these processor agnostic options have kind of, you know, by the wayside. Yeah. Right. And, and so, uh, yeah, I talked to Kai and I was like, wow, this is a great guy with a great business. And, uh, so I thought it was really interesting. So, yeah. uh, then Questions from the field. I talk about confidence and expertise, and I talk about a recent sale that I'm, I'm actually uh, filming myself selling a restaurant uh, on a point of sale system, ironically. Uh, so that fit well with the with the content today. And so I just talk about some of the challenges and opportunities that exist there, and, and the importance of having that confidence and expertise, and how to make that practical in the sales process. And then Patty, tell us about the insiders today. Um, talking about open banking and um, J.P. Morgan Chase's new pay by bank uh, solution which I think is going to sort of like open the floodgates for for more things like this uh, down the road. Awesome. Well, before we uh, dive into this one, I always do my little disclaimer. Uh, Kai and, and Hot Sauce, they're not currently paid consulting clients or um, advertisers. It was funny. I was thinking about after we recorded it, we did kind of pitch them quite a bit actually in the interview just because it's such a, <laughs> such a great, right? it's such a unique thing. But no, yes. they're, they, they're not getting paid for that or, or anything like that. I would love to do business with Kai in the future, but we're not doing anything right now. So I want to clarify that. Um, with that being said, let's dive into our interview today. Welcome to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Hey, everybody. Patty and I are here today with Kai Shu. Kai is the CEO at Hot Sauce. How are you doing today, Kai? Hey, how are you? Doing fantastic. Great to be here today. Yeah. Great so, to have you. Well, I'm really excited about the topic today, Kai. You know, we've talked a lot on the podcast about the transition of a lot of these companies that are doing the technology and the processing. But today, we're going to talk about the processor agnostic solution, which I think Hot Sauce is such a fantastic representation of that. And how do you structure these partnerships? You know, how do ISOs work with companies like yours? So a lot of questions for you, but before we dive into that, we always want to hear the story and I'm super interested in this. I know you and I talked a little bit on the last call, but how did you get into this industry and how did you end up in what you're doing now with Hot Sauce? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, well, first of all, it's, it's great to be here and thank you for having me. Uh, you know, uh, it's just such a great uh, opportunity to get to talk to you and 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 uh, all of your your uh, following. So, really excited about sure. that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I uh, you know I started my career off uh, years ago in investment banking, okay. and uh, from there went into to venture capital. And uh, you know, I think eventually every VC wants to scratch that is right and become an entrepreneur. Yeah. So, you know, a few years ago, I had the chance to to get involved uh, with Hot Sauce Technologies. Uh, this is, I want to say, about 13 years ago. Um, wow. And uh, yeah, so it's it's been a great run. Um, and, you know, a few years back, we kind of looked at the industry and and we saw that, you know, the more and more the the convergence of, of processing and POS and and the direction that was going. And it seems like, you know, for a while, it seems like every time you turn around, another processor ha has bought a, a POS company. Um, so at the time we felt that, you know, Hey, you've got half the industry that's kind of shifting to the model where you you have to provide this bundle service. Right. Right. Um, and we just felt that there was an opportunity to, to really serve 
the, for lack of a better term, the other half of the industry, right? The guys that are, are going to stay independent. I'm going to stay that, that independent ISO and agent. Um, mm-hmm. I want to sell, you know, what I believe in, the best of breed products and, and whatnot. And so that's when we decided, you know what, let's go into, to uh, let, let's morph our business into uh, a business that we can really support the, uh, the independent ISOs and agents. Uh, and allow them to be able to take our product and be able to go and, and compete effectively in the market uh, and, and against the the guys like the the toast or the the the, the harbor touch or shift fours and, and, and the the guys that you know you, you see every day now offering the the, the bundle solutions mm, yeah so I, I love this it's a great segue because my first question I, I just wanted to zoom out a little bit and get your thoughts because sure. right I mean we're it's it's no secret I mean there is this convergence I would say today it's you know, it's, it's exponential versus say five years ago in terms of, oh. you know, finding a point of sale company that has absolutely nothing to do with the payment processing, right? They don't have it in house. They don't have an option to do it in house. Like they do not do the payment processing. They are truly no processing processor agnostic. I mean, it's pretty rare actually. So I'm it curious. Is. Yeah. I'm curious. Like, why is that? What, what do you feel like led to that trend and that, that shift in the market? I mean, I remember when I get into the industry, I mean, even Micros and Aloha weren't doing their own processing. So right, what, right. what led to this shift? Um, and then, you know, what led you to make this decision? Uh, was it just about the distribution or what was the rationale for saying, yeah, we're going to go a totally different path kind of against this, this trend? No, absolutely. I mean, Look, at the end of the day, it's no secret, right? I mean, um, you know, processing, we're in a, a very, very lucrative industry. Um, and and sometimes, you know, at the end of the day, I get asked this all the time, right? Like, you know, Kai, why, how are you guys able to continue following this path? And, and why is it that everyone else eventually kind of caves to the pressure and, and, and right. you know, start bringing in processing and start competing with the people that sell for them? Right. Um, and I think it's very simple. I mean, it, it, it comes down to to the money, right? I mean, it's 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 a lot of money out there. The margins are great. Um, and sometimes you, you you just can't stay disciplined. It's really the, the, the simple way of, of answering that, especially now in our industry. You know, you have a lot of, uh, of our competitors are, are publicly traded. You right. know, you're you're constantly faced with pressure of delivering more, you know, earnings, more earnings. And where am I going to find these earnings? So. So right. I, I understand why others are doing it. But for us, you know, I, I call me old fashioned, but I, I think myself, our team here, we we just believe in core competency. Right. We believe that if you, you know, do something and you do it better than everybody else and you do it well, um, good things are going to happen. You know, and, and that's really how we mm-hmm. modeled uh, our business uh, to be able to to create what we call the, the, the best, you know, best uh, solution out there. Uh, to, to be paired with the merchant processing industry. Um, and then we have, you know, just basically allow our great partners to go out there and sell it for us. Yeah, I love it. So um, as a result, I think of all of this uh, change and, you know, frankly, a lot of ISOs getting burned, right? Um, you know, even myself, I've experienced this many times, uh, you know, oh, we sold a merchant and then, you know, two years later, next thing I know, the uh, the point of sale company is reaching out or they're switch calling the merchant saying, hey, you can't process with them anymore. So as a result of that, there is this kind of uh, healthy skepticism, I think, in the ISO agent space. What would you tell them, you know, broadly in terms of what should they look for in a processor agnostic solution as far as how should they structure the deal, et cetera? You know, let's start with that. Like what what should they be looking for and what should they be doing there? I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's, 
I, I think you just have to look at, you know, what I would what I would say is if, whether it's they partner with Hot Sauce or someone else, you know, when you're looking at, at a POS solution and you're looking at a partner for the long term, really look at how their business is structured, uh, the, the way they carry themselves. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's easy to talk the talk, right? But to right. walk the walk is, is, is a little bit harder, right? And, and so really take a look and see, you know, how they're they're they've created their their operating processes. How how are they structured fundamentally uh, to to work with you as a partner? And I can give you you know for example uh, at Hot Sauce um, some of the things that we've done. I mean when we decided um, a few years back that we wanted to go down this route and of really partnering with with our merchant processing partners. Um, at the time we had offices throughout the country. We had a, a direct sales team as well. Um, and in the course of about, you know, nine to, to 11 months, um, we closed all of our offices, all of our direct sales offices, uh, whether it's Charlotte, New York, um, LA, Houston, Chicago, we just closed them all one by one. Cause you know, in the day we felt, you know, if, if we're asking, you know, our great partners to go out there and work hard every day to sell our system, it, it's just not right for us to sit, sit around here waiting to compete with them. You know, so for us, it's about doing what what we say we're going to do and 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 following through on it. Yeah, that's good. I like that. I think it's uh, like a partnership in the true respect, right, James? I mean, yeah. a lot of times you hear these, you hear the, I hear these, you know, in my line of work, you know, interviewing people all the time, and it's like, oh, you know, we're really for our partners, and then you like drill down a little bit more and. No, they're really all about, you know, yes, the bottom yes, line, I, their own bottom line, not their partner's bottom line. But it sounds to me like you've reached that equilibrium of sorts. I, I think so. I mean, wouldn't it be great if, if if everybody in business just actually did what they said? Wouldn't it be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and it, you know, it's like we're we're all in it for the we're all in it for the profit. But I, you know, one of the interesting points that just stands out to me, Kai, when you're talking about this, I and it's a common theme for me. I just, you know, talking about outside capital and, and especially publicly traded companies. But even I feel like the same pressure exists with um, you know, PE firms uh in the industry and things of that nature, where you got to look at the way a company is structured and understand that, you know. Many times the decision is outside their hands. You know, the the CEO of the company that's owned by a private equity firm that realizes they could add a million dollars a month in their mm-hmm. EBITDA if they took the processing in-house. Let me tell you what's going to happen there. They're going to take the processing in-house, okay? That's right. <laughs> right? That's now, right. Now, what's interesting is that may be the worst strategic decision because it may cost them millions in EBITDA in five or 10 years as they lose right. their distribution. Right. But Absolutely. I think, and I think that's the thing is it's about, is this a company that's, that's operated from a perspective of short-term pressure or a company that's operating with a long-term vision of building something meaningful. Um, and it sounds kind of like hot sauce is that latter company. That's like, okay, we, we want to build partnerships for the long run and we're not willing to damage those relationships for a short-term hit. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I, my parents were both business people. And I think one of the things that they've always taught me is, you know, when it comes to, to business and value, there's nothing more valuable than your reputation, right? right and right. and that's really what it is at the end of the day. I mean, you know, we we've we've always said that, hey, you know, um that that's just our model. I mean, you yeah. know, we're we're not gonna compete with the people that that are feeding us and that are taking care of us. And and it's just yeah. as simple as that. Yeah, I love it. Okay. So one last challenge I do want to discuss, and this is this sure. is a big one. I brought this up many times um, on the podcast, other things where I have seen this unfortunate situation where a lot of times the processor agnostic solution, we have one company doing the hardware software, 
Then we have a different gateway provider. And then we have the ISO that's trying to sell the payment processing with a DocuSign agreement or whatever it is. And then, then they're trying to get the installation done. And there's this very kind of clunky, uh, disjointed experience for the end user, for the merchant, because you know they have multiple uh, companies that, mm. they're, that they're dealing with. Um, now, I have heard from a lot of partners that's not the case when they sell with hot sauce and there's a smooth experience. So how do you do that? What are you doing differently to kind of bring this together so that there's a good experience for the merchant rather than this really disjointed process we see all, all the time? Yeah, absolutely. That That's actually a really great question. And and we're actually very proud of the way, you know, we're able to partner with, with uh, the merchant processing industry and, 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 and sell our, our product and be able to support our partners. And, and the, I think the, the way we're able to do it, and I think, you know, I, I'd like to say, I, I don't want to say we're the best, but you know, the, the, the way we're able to, to be better than, than many um, is, is just the way we fundamentally think and, and the way we're set up, right? We're not, we're not here to sell POS however way we can. And by the way, if it's, if it's with some merchant processing partners here and there, great. Everything about us is, you know, that's, that's the only way we sell. Everything about us is selling through the merchant processing partners. Um, so, you know, so the, all the little things, you know, from the way we structure our contracts, you know, our contracts are three-year contracts, for example, which surprise, surprise matches, you know, a lot of merchant processing contracts, um, little things like, um, you know, uh, supporting our, our, um, our ISOs and agents with, with product demos, you know, so, so certain, certain agents and, and ISOs, for example, will, will need us. And some of them like to do their own demos and they get really good at it. But sometimes they, they need us to do it because, you know, they're good at what they're doing, which is selling, right? And right. so we'll do everything we can to do the heavy lifting so that they can do what they do best, right? Mm-hmm. So so those are all the little things that, that we try to put together. And and as a big part of that is is the way we view our system, right? So we you know, we started, Hustle started years ago, you know, back when you had dealers and all this type of stuff. And mm-hmm. and we still take that mentality with us. So whereas so many POS nowadays is, you know, it's more of a DIY solution, right? Once you sign the contract, boxes start showing up and, and you can call a call center to, to, to do this. Uh, once you sign up with Hot Sauce, um, within 48 hours, you get a call from our from your dedicated project manager. And, and that project manager stays with you throughout the entire process of your implementation, Right. And so they're there to schedule, uh, you know, your menu builds, your your, you know, installs, uh, your go lives that, that we do with you. Um, all the, the little things we take care of for you um, so that, you know, we don't leave anything to chance. Right. Because you're right. I mean, a lot of times when you have different people doing different things, you know, that's where problems happen. So for us, it's about kind of taking this and we treat it as not a DIY solution, but this is a full salute, you know, full service solution. That, that they're purchasing. And I think that helps us to overcome a lot of, you know, a lot of the problems that many of our, our competitors are, are, are faced with. Um, and then once the, the um, implementation process is, is completed, you know, our project manager then sits down with them and, and hands them over to, to the support team. And, and from there, you know, they're, they're taken care of by our, our 24 seven uh, support. Um, so, so hopefully, you know, at the end of the day, what you get is an enjoyable and seamless process. Right, right. Let's let's shift gears a bit, if you don't mind, Kai. I'd like sure. to talk about hot sauce itself. You know, what are some of the businesses types that you're targeting? You know, um, you know, other than your u- unique distribution model, what sets the software apart and the hardware apart um, from the merchant's perspective? No, absolutely. Um, so 
one of the things that we do at Hot Sauce is is that uh, you know we 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 know our core competency. We know what we focus on, and and what we focus on is food and beverage, is is restaurants, right? Mm-hmm. We don't do hotels. We don't do uh, retail. Um, and, and we just do restaurants, but within the restaurant world, I, you know, I, I'd like to say that, that we do everything pretty well, you know, whether it's a, a fast casual, whether it's a fine dining, uh, whether it's a bar and nightclub, um, you know, all in, in, within that space, we, we can do pretty much everything very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, one of the, the ways that we're able to, to do this and, and partner with our, our, um, ISO partners is in you know, is, is to really, and you mentioned hardware, right? So right. one of the things that really sets us apart is, you know, is, is the way we approach hardware. Um, long story short, you know, I get asked this all the time, like, how are you guys able to offer this type of pricing, right? People love us, not just because of the level of service and things like that. Uh, I know it's also because, hey, we can offer our, our partners a, a, a high quality solution for very, very low cost, right? And, and, often get asked that. So how are you able to do that? It just doesn't make sense. And uh, if it's okay, I'd like to kind of share with you yeah. how we, we ended up there. Um, you know, when we decided to go down this route, uh, you know, me being a, a finance guy and an investment banker and in my past life, you know, we started thinking like, okay, how are we going to fund this stuff? You know, and, and, and it, you know, it, it takes a lot of cash. Um, so at the time, uh, so my, myself, I'm from Taiwan. Uh, and, and I have, as you know, Taiwan is the the technology capital of Asia, if you will, and, and a lot of the best hardwares and manufacturers are out of there. So I have a lot of great relationships um, over there. And, and when we started this process, I, I went to a, a, our, our hardware manufacturer, which is a, a company called Kesta. Um, they own, you know, brands like Acer Computers, you know, BenQ Electronics, multi-billion dollar publicly traded house. And, and you know, I went to them, I said, look, here's the thing. I know you're looking at guys like us, you know, the guys that buy your equipment and, and your salary and your hardware manufacturer, right? I mean, your, your margins are sub 5%, you know, three, 4%, maybe two in, in some cases. Um, but, you know, hardware manufacturers are, are very risk averse, right? Give me that right. contract, give me my money, give me my cash and I'll deliver your product. Um, so I told him, I said, look, I, I know you're looking at our margins and, and you're, you're salivating over the margins that we have as, as a technology provider, you know? But I'll tell you, I'm looking at you sitting on, what, a, a quarter billion dollars of cash, and I'm salivating over that. You know, if we're going <laughs> to grow this business, I, you know, we, we, we need the cash. And, and so we explained to them, you know, what our industry is faced with, what a lot of the independent ISOs are faced with. And, and, and I said to them, I said, look, you know, if, if we partner together, if you can sign the equipment to us and, you know, kind of collect your, 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 um, revenues on the back end i think you're going to experience a little bit better margins but at the same time we create a win-win for everybody right this is this Mm -hmm. is a solution that a lot of isos need for their merchants um so so we were able to get them do that and obviously you know i'm making it sound a lot simpler than it is i mean we you know everybody (laughs) in the industry knows our story and and they know what we do but you know fast forward a few years later we're still the only pos company in the world that has a major man, you know, hardware manufacturer that has this type of a, a arrangement. It, and it takes a lot of trust and it, and it takes a lot of, you know, uh, a good partnership and, and whatnot. And, and, and we love that, you know, and, and we, we try to use that to the benefit of our, our ISO partners and agents. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. Thank you, thank I, you. I, I have to, I have to 
turn to toast because that's been such a big topic of conversation lately, you know, um, and uh, I'm wondering, you know, what your view is of them as a competitor and what's your advice to uh, ISOs and agents that are competing against them, you know, either, you know, in terms of trying to steal existing Toast clients or go head to head with them, you know, during the proposal process and sort of how does, you know, how does Hot Sauce support this? How, how, how to compete against Toast? And, and that's a great question because, you know, look, at the end of the day, you know, Toast is a great product, right? I mean, there's, there's, there's no doubt about that. Um, but, you know, there's no, I don't believe there's any such thing as one product that is the absolute best or the best solution, you know? Um, and so I, I think, you know, it's not, I don't think there's a magic pill that you can take to, on, on, on how to sell against Toast. Uh, I think it's the little things, right? Although, you know, nowadays it's been a little easier, right? Because I think we're, we're finding out, especially guys that, that do cash discounts, uh, you know, we're getting a lot of conversions from Toast, for, you know, because they can't really do cash discounts the, the, mm -hmm, the right, right way, right? So, right? so that's kind of a chink in their armor, if you will. Um, but, you know, I, I think uh, at the end of the day, um, other than the fact that they're also kind of pricey, yeah, you know, right. uh, I've, I've, you know, I, obviously I, I have limited knowledge, you know, limited access to, to Toast and that, but I've, I've seen it before. I've talked to customers that have uh, come and work with hot sauce before. And, and, you know, I've asked them, you know, what, what did you like or, or not like about Toast? And, and, you know, a lot of great things and then things that they don't like. Um, but, but one of them, you know, that I hear over and over is, you know, I can't really ever tell what it is I'm paying on the processing. Right. Right. And I find mm -hmm. I hear that a lot. And, and for a company that prides itself and, and talks a lot about their reporting and this and that. Right. You know, and I tell I tell our customers like or, or our, actually our, our ISOs and agents, if a, if a company builds themselves and prides themselves on all the reporting, but they can't produce a, a very transparent report on on your, your processing, what does that tell you about what you're being charged? Right. So. Right. So that's, I think, another thing that that you know, you can point out to the customers. And, and then I finally, I think at the end of the day, you know, um, I, I, again, a lot of our ISOs and agents will ask about the toast question, right? Mm -hmm. And, and I, I look at it this way. I was like, look, it, you know, it, it, trust yourselves, right? I mean, toast is a great product. I, I like to think toast sauce is a great product and, and a great solution. But at the end of the day, you know, we all know people are buying you know, they're buying from people, right? They're buying from, from you, the agent, you know, and, right. and sell yourselves, you know, sell yourselves. I mean, sell what hot sauce is, the, the program that we have, how we hold your hand. Uh, but at, at the same time, don't forget to sell yourself. Hey, I'm here with you, right? Yeah, if you yeah. like working with me, this is what you get. That's yeah. really important too. You know, I mean, I think that's the, the that seems to me, I was going to do a follow-up of sort of like, distinguish you know you know what would you how would you distinguish and i think that right there that's what you're saying because it's not a sort of a one size fits all which really to toast is you know uh, and it sounds to me like you're much more um in line with with sort of holding hands to make this profitable for all parties involved is that is that a, is that a fair assessment absolutely absolutely i i think we you know, we pride ourselves on 
bringing in great partners. You know, we don't partner with 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 everybody that wants to sell hot sauce. Okay. Um, you know, but uh, we partner with with great people, great organizations that are like minded in terms of our culture, which is you know, putting the customer first, taking care of them. You know, it's not just about getting to sign that contract and, and I'm moving on, but right. we're here to take care of them, you know, right. and, and, right. and those are the people we work with. And I think, you know, I, I'd like to think that even though the world is changing, that people still value that. Yeah, yeah oh, sure. I agree. Yeah, small business owners in particular, I think, value that. And uh, yeah, the other thing Absolutely. that's funny, I was, was going to bring up, Kai, I'm sure you probably saw the uh, quarterly uh, earnings call and all that with Toast uh, just a couple of days ago where they their, yeah. their stock took a hit. Where I, And I think they'll be fine down the, you know, but it is interesting. Like we do have an interesting window in time right now where Toast does seem to be making quite a few blunders these days uh, from a PR yes. perspective, especially. Um, yes. So if, I'm, if I'm on the field competing with Toast, I'm definitely going to have some news articles with you. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, right? yes. <laughs> you know, just, hey, take a look at this. Uh, do, do you think this hey. is a company that's about to raise your prices? Uh, you know what I mean? So, or do you exactly. think this is a company that has long term? You know, I mean, you have to start questioning if they're taking hits this early on. You know, is this somebody you want to hit your wagon to? Is it going to have that long term? Uh, viability. I mean, we've seen this in other companies in the payment space where they come right. out, get you know, gangbusters, and then over time, it just all right. starts falling apart. The ward starts to show, and then you mm -hmm. know, especially if they're publicly traded, then they're under pressure. Right. You know, right. where mm -hmm. am I going to to find my next dollar? Right, where am I right. going to to increase that margin? And you know, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to to kind of think about the potential places where it, where they can find that. Right, mm -hmm. so right. Right. We, we'll start with a 99 cent fee, right? On each item. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so they, they, they definitely had some, they've had some interesting, uh, interesting situations. Well, it's been a, a fascinating conversation, Kai. I always enjoy uh, just talking to <laughs> other, you know, people that are passionate about the payments industry. I love what you're doing with the ISO agent model. I mean, I, I frankly don't know very many other companies right now who are truly doing what you're doing and have this passion for the processor agnostic, the ISO agent world. Uh, so for those in our audience who want to learn more about hot sauce, where would you send them to learn more? No, absolutely. Uh, so there, there's a few ways you can come on our website and and and, and look at uh, the information there and, and reach out to us. Uh, you know, probably a, another way to do it is is uh, just email uh, email our, our VP of Channel Sales. Uh, you know, he handles uh, all of the, the the inbound inquiries himself personally. Uh, and and do you, do you want me to to? Sure. To say his email, or... yeah, please. If, if you want, please. To, okay. sure, yeah, no, absolutely. So, so it's uh, it's very simple. It's uh, T Lee, T L E E. Uh, his name is Torrent, Torrent Lee at hotsaucepos.com. Excellent, got it. Very good. Thank you so much again for your time today. Really appreciate your insights, Kai. Yes, absolutely. Great. Thank you guys for having me. This has been great. So, Patty, I love how later in the episode today, you're going to be talking to us about open banking, among mm -hmm. other things. And, of course, the sponsor of our podcast is Nativia Banking, right? And so right. Uh, Nativia is a fintech that's taken full advantage of the open banking experience. Yes, um, it has. Yeah, I thought I would just bring up on here, which is interesting. Our company is, is you know, done with this whole transition of all of our recurring payments and everything is now running through Nativia, right? Mm -hmm, um, and so mm -hmm. uh, Nativia Banking, our our employees have their little Nativia card and we have uh -huh. our finance person who is able to manage their, you know, their spend limits, um, approving transactions, um, you know, virtual cards. It is we're so way cool. Yeah. yeah, like when we went to the WSAA, we bought a booth and the way we did that is with a virtual single use card that was given to one of our employees that had the exact amount of money available to do that one purchase and only that uh -huh. one purchase. And then that virtual card is done. So the security, the flexibility, all of that is huge. And so the idea here is 
you as a you know payments professional, you really need to get into this industry, this idea of open banking and understanding neo banking yes. and banking services. It's time to get into that and to start to experience it for yourself. Um, and so there's so many different things you can do. They now have the payment professional card that you can get if you're just an individual in the right. industry. If you want to be a reseller and make residual by selling banking services, you can do that as well. Um, so if you head over to nativia.com slash banking, you can check out all of that. So nativia.com backslash banking um, and check out all of those fantastic services that they have to offer. This is Questions from the Field, brought to you by ccsalespro.com, the leader in merchant sales training and technology. If you're an individual merchant sales professional, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash training to get a free 14-day trial of our all-access pass. If you manage a team of merchant sales professionals, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash ISO to learn how we can help you grow. And now, here is Questions from the Field, with James Shepard. So Patty, today I want to talk about the importance of confidence and expertise when selling payment processing and related solutions. Excellent. So, you know, I had an interesting experience last week. I was at a local restaurant uh, where I'm actually recording myself making a sale. And so it's mm -hmm. been a very interesting process. But, um, you know, it just really was, I had a couple of things really interesting about the conversation that I wanted to point out that I just found kind of fascinating. One was, even though I was admittedly a little rusty, it's been a little while since I sold a point of sale system to a restaurant myself. <laughs> you know, I tell a lot of people how to do it, but it, I, I do right, it a lot. Right, sure, and, you know, of course. But uh, I probably sold 200 restaurants on POS systems, you know, but that stopped about eight years ago. And so, right. right. Um, and so I was, even though I was a little rusty, I have to admit, um, there's just a a confidence and, and an expertise that I have when I walk into a business that just really disarms, um, you know, the, 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 uh, decision makers. Um, yeah, and I can it, see that. It, it's just it's so funny because I, what it was, I was weird. I was kind of like, uh, like having this out of body experience of like watching myself in this sales situation and just uh -huh. thinking like, how on earth can I communicate what's happening right now to my audience? Because it's very difficult. You know, I'll give an example. I mean, a really practical example. When I walked in for the first time, and I had an appointment scheduled with this this uh, owner, but I walked in for the first time, and they were in this office, in this little room kind of off to the side. They have like an office there, and they had some computers and some wires running and all this, you know? And I can remember when I first started selling payment processing. I mean, I would have stood at the door of like back at the bar and been like, hey, no rush. I'm out here whenever you're ready. What I right, did this right. time is I walked back into the room and I sat down in a chair that was empty. Uh -huh. You know, like uh -huh. there's a really big difference between those two things. Like I just sure. walked in. I was like, hey, how are you guys doing today? And I just sat down in this chair. I didn't ask him. I could sit down. I just sat down in the chair and I just started talking to him. And how's everything going today? Awesome. Well, man, I really appreciate you taking time to to catch up with me here. I'm, I'm not going to take much of your time. I, I just have an interesting idea that I want to run past you. And they're like, what do you got? And then I just. Started talking about this point of sale system and how we could give them the hardware for free if they would work with me. And I'd love to work with them on the processing. And, you know, and I just, right, right. I just had this very casual conversation with them, you know? Um, so we had this conversation from that. We set up a, uh, a meeting, what we got, I call a discovery meeting where I had, turns out the, the owner also has a, his father's really involved in the business as well. So I arranged a time to come back to talk to both of them. And I mean, it was a little more interesting because I was doing all this on camera. So that was also kind of an interesting, you know, but, right. but I came back in and I, and what was so funny, Patty, is when I walked in and I started talking to them, 
there's an agent in the local area. So they have two locations. There's an agent in the local area with a really well-known company point of sale that I actually know this guy. I went to lunch with them and everything like that. He's probably going to listen to this podcast. So, um, and they brought up immediately this. So this guy works on their other location. And uh-huh, uh-huh. at this location I was talking to, they have a very old out of date system that needs to be replaced. And they're like, yeah, we talked to our, our agent, such and such. And he brought up this issue and that issue with the point of sale I was selling. And I just said, wow, he's doing such a great job, isn't he? What a great guy. You know, that that's awesome. So yeah, let's sit down and talk through this. And we sat down and we talked through it and I closed the deal. Like, you know, in other words, there's, there's a confidence and an expertise that you can develop right. where you just aren't that worried. You know, I didn't need that sale. You know, I don't right. need any sale anymore. Um, but, but I learned how to act like I didn't need the sale when I did need the sale, which is how I got a lot of sales, you know? And so the thing I want to point out today is just two things really quick, confidence and expertise. Number one, confidence, you are a business owner, right? If you are, uh, an, an, even a W2 agent out there in the field, you know, you're a salesperson, you're building your own business, you're building your own career, whatever you want to mm-hmm. look at it as. Whatever mm-hmm. you have to do, you got to get yourself onto a level playing field. When I go and I talk to a business owner, okay, number one, I'm on a level playing field with them as far as I'm a business owner, they're a business owner. But when it comes to what I'm talking about, I actually even have more expertise than they do, significantly more expertise than they do. Sure. And mm-hmm. so I don't talk down to them, but I certainly am not intimidated by them. Right. Now, if they want to start talking to me about the best way to make a margarita, Right. Well, maybe then you can defer to them. Right. I got a problem there. Right. Like yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't know how to do that either. <laughs> I don't I don't drink and I've never made a drink. So I don't know how to do that. That's not right. me. Right. So that's so, you know, there that's their area of expertise. I'm going to you know defer to them. But when it comes to right a point of sale system, payment processing, then I'm going to have that confidence level and that where that comes from obviously a lot of experience, but where it really comes from is expertise. Okay. Yes. I know the right questions to ask. And so what I would really encourage you as a takeaway from this particular segment is this, whatever it is that you're selling or trying to sell, write down five to 10 great questions that you can ask business owners. Now, in order to do this, you've got to get specific. It has to be a vertical, you know, it's like, okay. So as an example, Patty, in this in this one, I'll, I'll give you an example of this. I asked them about, so they were kind of like, oh, our current system is old, but it's okay. You know what I mean? It wasn't like it's, they hate it, you know what I mean? And I said, uh, okay, great. I said, now let me ask you a couple of questions. And one of the first questions I asked was, talk to me about delivery. How are you guys handling that today with delivery? Oh, well, we uh, we have DoorDash and we hate it. And I'm like, why do you hate it? Well, <laughs> they don't integrate into our point of sale system. Get this, mm-hmm. Patty. So they actually send a fax. Yes. Every time there's a new DoorDash order, they get a fax. I was like, I didn't. I said, I didn't even know that there were still fax machines even existed. I know, right? Right. right? I actually, I I knew this about DoorDash, and it just blew my mind. It's yeah. like, like you. It's like somebody still has a fax. Yeah. Machine. And so they get a fax, and they take this fax back to the kitchen. They don't even put it into the point of sale system, mm-hmm. so it's not mm-hmm. recorded with the reporting. It's a big mess. I was like, oh right. my goodness. Well, the system I'm talking about has a fantastic integration for DoorDash, Uber Eats, and Grubhub, and all of that. You know, so you could do that. Um, one of the other ones I'll give you is I, I asked them because it's a restaurant. I know all restaurants right now are short staffed. So I said, how's your staffing going? What about efficiency with the servers? Is that a concern? And like, oh my, you know, we can never hire enough servers. We're always, and I'm like, okay, well, right now you don't have any handheld units for right. them to take orders. So they're getting an order and this is a big property and they're walking all the way back to the, to the point mm-hmm. of sale system. What if we got them some handhelds and what if I included some of those for free with this deal? 
how would that impact your decision? And they're like, oh, wow. So they wouldn't have to walk back there. They would just internet. Right, exactly. And it's like, oh, okay. Now you need to have 30% less server labor, right? So now maybe your servers are going to be happy and they're not going to quit because you're not overworking them. So all of that to say, you have to have that expertise. And I had, you know, 20 other questions I asked them when we were doing this discovery conversation. Each of these questions, probably half of them were like, we're fine with what we have. And I'm like, okay, what do you have? So I can make sure I replicate it. And the other half, they were like, there's room for improvement. Okay, well, what do you want to see improved? And I wrote that down, right? So right. next step is demo. And we're going to do that on Monday. Um, and so the sales process is very spread out because I'm doing it on camera and we have to set it all up. Right, but, sure, sure. Right, but, but it's the idea of now we're going into a demo and we go to this demo, I know exactly what we're demoing because we're demoing exactly what they told me they wanted, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so they've already agreed to move forward and now they just want to make sure that the demo is what they thought it was. And so there's this whole process but what I've seen, what's really stuck out to me during this process of getting back into this um, in person was selling a point of sale. I've sold some payment processing for different content, but actually selling a full-blown fine dining point of sale like hot sauce, you know, we talked about today, that kind of, that type of thing. Selling something like that, um, you definitely need that confidence and that expertise. Yes. And that needs to permeate the entire sales process. And then if you do that, it just makes it so much easier. So uh, yeah, so confidence and expertise. Think about that as you're trying to sell these solutions. That's really great advice, James. Thank you. This is the Insider's Report with Patty Murphy, brought to you by The Green Sheet. For nearly 40 years, The Green Sheet has been the go-to source for news, analysis, and educational tools that empower and connect payments professionals. If you're not reading The Green Sheet already, check it out on the web today at www.greensheet.com. So James, uh, banking giant J.P. Morgan Chase has gone live or is about to go live, probably when this is uh, broadcast, it will be live, a pay-by-bank solution that leverages the ACH rails and open banking technology from MasterCard. Okay. Now, Chase has long been a major player in the ACH, one of the largest originators and receivers. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also a top card issuer and acquirer. Um, but pay by bank is a biller solution. It uses the um, consumer's existing authentication protocols with their bank to retrieve necessary information to execute um, payments like for rent, utilities, recurring type payments, right? Sure, okay. Uh, so of course, not surprisingly, the telecom giant Verizon is going to be the first to pilot this. Right. Um, sure. Okay. And um, in the, as a, as they've said, in the coming months. Um, okay. Now, MasterCard, I, this is interesting. I wanted to bring this up because MasterCard is also working with WorldPay to support a consumer bill, to support consumer bill payment um, in a similar way, as mm -hmm. well as tools that support customer mm -hmm. onboarding. And it's working with buy now, pay later provider Zip to provide real-time underwriting. Hmm. Now, all this is possible because MasterCard is really big on open banking. Hmm. And just to sort of, for those who aren't totally familiar with this, open banking allows for the sharing of consumers' financial information between their banks and authorized third parties by way of APIs. The beauty of open banking especially for billers that are collecting recurring payments is that it eliminates the need for them to store and regularly update customer financial information. Sure. Of course. You know, I recently, my, um, my financial institution recently changed its online banking program. Hmm. Okay. It has been 
And and I also had had my card compromised a few about a month or a half ago. So between okay. those two things, right, everything that I have set up is now being you rejected. Right, 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 right. You know that kind of stuff is really important. Mastercard um announced that it's beefed up its open banking tech with advanced analytics that help lenders better manage risk profiles. Um. And it has added risk models for small business loans and credit lines. Hmm, okay. Uh, they're also working with WorldPay um, to support consumer payments, the zip thing, as I was explaining. Right. Um, here's an interesting comment I got from uh, Daniel Keyes, a senior analyst at Javelin Strategy and Research. He said, open banking solutions can speed up the lending process so consumers and SMEs are able to get quick access to funds they need and get back to running their businesses and competing, completing purchases. Now, one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up this week mm -hmm. is that while MasterCard is really big on open banking, Visa's not so keen on it. Mm -hmm. um, at a recent investor conference, they said they're going to take a wait and see approach to, to open banking. Um, you know, the whole open banking scene began in Europe after regulators set the ground rules. Right. Um, but fintechs, which were seen as the big beneficiaries, have been really slow to build services around open banking. Yeah. Um, in fact, a recent article I read posited that the slow uptake um, is probably due to a gap in digital payments adoption hmm. that needs to narrow. Yeah. So, you know, and and I looked and when I was reading this, it, it, it occurred to me that almost everything in retail payments usually happens in Europe and then jumps the pond. Down, like an EMV, PCI. Right. Yeah. E even the early um, smart, you know, smart cards right. were, were right. in Europe before they were here. Um, so, you know, and, and, I, and I, but I see this real, as we've seen in the past, a real big uptake in um digital banking hmm. post covid you know since right. covid right so i think that you know it's it's not going to be long before we see some more innovations along this line yeah for sure and, and um you know i just think it's worth it's worth watching love it well thanks so much for the update patty we'll definitely keep an eye on that thank you for listening to the merchant sales podcast whether you are an industry veteran processing executive or just trying to learn about the payment space, we appreciate your time. The Merchant Sales Podcast is a joint production of greensheet.com and ccsalespro.com. And we hope you will tune in next week for more information and tips on building your merchant services business.